Hello, and welcome to Steve Will Say Anything. I am at Steve Anything. Look me up on Twitter. Uh, so, this is the first episode. This is what we're going to be doing. We're just going to be talking, having some good times, some laughs, some cries, drinking coffee. That's what we're going to be doing this morning. Making sure you're highly caffeinated. Highly caffeinated, because that's something that everybody needs in this day and age. A little wake-up juice. Because, I mean, what else are we going to do? Wake up. Get, get, get up. Get going. Start the day, right? That's all we can do. Today is the first day of Mental Health Week. I thought we might talk about that first, just because it's the first day. Why not, right? I've got my own uh, issues. I think everybody does. I think everybody knows what it's like to have their own thing going on inside of their head. Obviously, we're all individuals. We're all people. You know what I mean? So if you know somebody who's struggling, why don't you check in on them? Make sure that they're doing okay. I mean, this this pandemic isn't doing anybody any favors. Pandemic, endemic, whatever it might become. We'll see what happens. little bit of that caffeination caffeination so mental health week you know what that always reminds me of that reminds me of it all and this might be a little bit insensitive but it always reminds me of uh that song by quiet riot that came out back in the day metal health bang your head man that song is awesome like when you're on the highway and you start hearing that that guitar line come in oh god it just makes you want to pedal to the metal <laughs> you know um and when we're talking well okay when we're talking about mental health issues we gotta bring up things like it's not just depression it's not just anxiety there's so many more there's so much that people don't look into that people don't talk about because it's uncomfortable they don't want to look it up you know um like bpd People are afraid that when they read about stuff like bipolar or uh, people start talking about BPD and bipolar and all these other personality disorders, they start attributing it to themselves. Like it's, it scares them. Opening up like that, looking back inside, looking introspectively, it bothers people. And that's okay. You should you should live in a place of being bothered. If you're not bothered, you're too comfortable. Being comfortable doesn't really do anything for anyone. Sure, I mean you're at ease. But when you're at ease, you're not you're not working on anything. I mean, maybe you are, maybe you're you know, you're an artist. Maybe you do stuff like that. You know, you create things. And being calm is something that helps be in that place, but you can't be creating things all the time. You gotta be working you got to be doing lots of different things you can't just um you can't stay sedentary because when you stay sedentary that's when you start growing roots and that's okay growing roots is okay but you need to be able to move from those roots and if those roots are in your couch it's gets harder every day to stand up and move i have my own mental health issues 
I do. I have, uh, I struggle with depression and anxiety constantly, and I cope not in the best way. You know, I smoke weed. I'm one of those weed smokers you hear so much about. And, um, you know, I understand that uh, it gets, I understand that it gets to a place where you need to be able to, um, you need to be able to deal with your problems without self-medicating. And um, everybody knows this. This is um, day one. This is kindergarten level. You know, like everybody knows that. You need to be able to handle yourself. And that's something that I'm learning a little bit every day. Getting closer every day. I, I, I've posted up uh, little pictures on my wall just outside of my door. I have one on the inside of my door that has uh, affirmations. <laughs> You know, I am statements that help you every day keep your eye on the prize, you know. And then I have a couple of, uh, couple of other sheets. One, one says, if it is endurable, endure it. And the other one just says, remember who the fuck you are. <laughs> and I think that's important. I think those two statements, for me, are very powerful. And I think uh, they're going to help me get through some of the stuff that I'm going through, which, you know, every day is obviously a new struggle, but we move on. Every day is an opportunity to move on and move forward. So let's try that. You know, I do, uh, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, marijuana, marijuana addiction specifically. Why marijuana addiction? Well, because it's a, I know it uh, sounds stupid, especially from, for, from someone who has uh, long, said, uh, denied the existence of weed addiction. When I was a younger kid, I was, I was, I was, I believed that marijuana is a health product. And, and I believe in some ways it can be, you know, anything that helps you, you know, ease the stress can't be all that bad, but everything has good and negative sides to it. And the negative sides are what nobody wants to focus on one of those negative focuses on marijuana specifically is um, marijuana induced psychosis and that happens to lots of people randomly and 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 they say that oh well you know maybe it was laced and it doesn't have to be it doesn't always have to be sometimes it's just science can't predict who is or who isn't at risk for losing their mind <laughs> on a, on a, on any drug you know like it uh, it's sh it should be called drug induced psychosis it's not just marijuana induced psychosis or mdma induced psychosis it's just drug psychosis drug induced psychosis you take a drug and then you psych out for a little while it happens right and um doesn't happen to everybody obviously that's why science is um struggling with trying to figure it all out. But, you know, sometimes there is a limit. And you need to limit yourself. I'm not just saying that to you. I'm saying it to me. Because, like, there are positives and negatives to every single thing in this world. And you need to be able to look at both sides objectively. Without getting scared. Because, like, like I said, you know, like, a little bit of scare... A little bit of uh, awareness, a little bit of uh, danger to the psyche keeps you on your toes. And that's where we should be these days, keeping on our toes. 
never know what's going to be around the corner. But let's move on to a little bit of brighter news. Let's <laughs> let's move on to some weird news, actually. Um, I was browsing Twitter earlier today, and something came up from the AV Club. It was uh, it was weird. It was um, I think it's a slightly older article too. But the I'll tell you what the um, what the headline is. Funny headline. One sec. Okay, here it is. Here it is. <clears throat> hazardous grenade found in German forest turns out to be hazardous grenade shaped butt plug. <laughs> this was posted on Wednesday. Uh, news.avclub.com. When we wrote about the existence of a Shrek ear fleshlight earlier this week, I gotta read that. I gotta read that. We foolishly assumed that the worst sex toy related dangers of the moment were temporarily behind us. And yet, because the world is a large and mysterious place, we've now learned about the existence of a different kind of dangerous pleasure device. A butt plug shaped like a hand grenade that was recently found abandoned in a Bavarian forest. <laughs> a few days ago, according to Vice, a jogger notified police after finding what looked to be an unexploded grenade from World War II in a forest outside of Passau? Passau? Passau. Germany. A bomb squad from the local municipality of Hausenberg, or Hausenberg, arrived on the scene and upon investigation discovered that the grenade was actually, this quote, quote unquote, was actually a rubber sex toy. Vice is a bit more specific and calls it a butt plug in the article's headline. The bomb squad was able to more quickly determine that they hadn't found an old explosive because the bag the grenade was in also contained lubricant, two unopened condoms, and a USB cable. Man, I got to, I gotta be honest... Seeing the grenade immediately, you'd probably be like, okay, this is horrifying, you know? But, like, if you uh, if you kind of took a look and realized that the grenade, like, it's it's kind of old, and chances are, you know, unless you pull that pin, that grenade's not going off. So, it, you know, like, if you look at it, and you happen to see, if you ever see a grenade with two unopened condoms, please assume that it is a butt plug. Um, a statement provided by two vice by police explains with perfect deadpan that, quote, a search on the internet then confirmed the suspicion there are actually sex toys in the forms of hand grenades. The Hosenberg police believe the butt plug, condoms, lube, and USB cable must have been in the forest for a long time. Now, it doesn't say what the USB cable is for. Is Does the butt plug vibrate? Uh, oh. I don't know. Based on the condition of the bag, uh, how these items got there and why they they got there can only be guessed at. They conclude. This is a mystery that is likely to go unsolved forever. Though, if we know anything about Bavarian forests, there's likely a fantastical, even magical explanation behind the strange appearance of these specific items. Perhaps one day it will be written down in a morally instructive tale that will be treasured for generations to come. Now, I saw this thing... Uh, uh, on another website somewhere, actually, and it uh, it said even though it wasn't a real grenade, it was it dev definitely devastated something somewhere. I thought that was hilarious. This whole story reminds me of this story that came out um in 2010. It was um 
it, 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 it was titled Bomb Probe Turns Up Vibrator. I first heard of it on Smodcast. I've been a listener. I've been a listener to Smodcast since it came out in 2007. Um, this story goes, a California Highway Patrol office was briefly evacuated earlier this month when investigators became concerned that an arrestee might have been carrying a concealed explosive device. When officers collared Stephen Farini on a drug charge, the search of the 60-year-old suspect turned up a, quote, suspicious wire with an on-off switch in his pants pocket. The wire was found to extend from the pant pocket to the subject's anus, according to a CHP report, a copy of which you'll find here. Though Farini claimed that the wire was connected to an anal vibrator, officers became suspicious when he subsequently began to explain his knowledge of explosives and bomb making. That's a quote. That's a quote from the CHP report. Uh, at about 9 a.m., the bomb squad rendered the device safe and de determined it was not dangerous. Uh, the vibrator was subsequently removed and placed into property, which that kind of sucks. This poor guy never even got his vibrator back. Bummer. Haha. <laughs> um, okay. A little bit of, uh, lighter news. I don't know how to take this news. Um, I think it's funny. Some people might not think it's funny. From the mirror out of the UK. My wife is furious. I refuse to name our son after her favorite film character. A husband and wife have fallen out over picking a name for their baby son after the mum said she wanted to name him in honor of her favorite character from The Lord of the Rings. Now, honestly, there are some cool names from Lord of the Rings. Some really cool names. Like, I like Galadriel. I think Galadriel is awesome. Arwen. Um... Aragorn, I wouldn't name a kid with Gorn in their name. I, I don't know, just G-O-R-N seems like Aragorn. I don't know, it just seems like a lot. But uh, anyways, let's continue with the story. A soon-to-be dad says his wife has branded him a, quote, dictator because he refused to name their son after her favorite movie character. The man says his wife is currently pregnant with their first child, and the pair didn't discuss potential names until they found out that they were expecting a little boy. When they shared the news with their families, he says they all gave their own suggestions for a name, but his wife said they didn't need to consider any of them because she, quote, already had a name in mind and felt strongly about it. Feeling upset that she had chosen a name without consulting him, he asked what it was, and she said that she was set on calling their little boy Frodo in honor of her favorite character from The Lord of the Rings. she He said she went on about how cool and unique the name is, but I really didn't think she was being serious. She said I should watch the movie and see how the name sounds, and I'd love it. Quote, I said, no way. She asked, why not? The movie's popular, and so is the name. To me, that's the problem. It will always be attached to that character from Lord of the Rings. To me, that was an instant no. My wife said I was being narrow-minded and called me a dictator, only because I told her this name is my hill to die on. <laughs> Our son deserves a reasonable name and not be attached to a character from a movie. I snapped and told her she could love the character all she wants, but choosing a name for our son is a serious matter, and we both should get a say. Quote, she had a meltdown, gets mad, and claims I'm treating her as an incubator. Which, I mean, like, you know, that's... There, there might be more to this story. 
there might be more to this story that this guy is not explaining. Because uh, we're really only seeing mostly just what he says. Uh, he says the argument has also caused tensions with their families as his wife's sister told him the mum should get an 80% say in the name and that he needs to stop stressing her out during the pregnancy. See, I don't believe that. I think we are all uh, equals. We should be equal people. Um, 50-50, you know, like be 100% yourself and, and your wife, uh, husband, significant other person in your life should be a 100% themselves. But like when it comes to decisions about this thing that you're bringing into the world together, it should really be 50-50. I believe that's, that's the, I, I believe in equality for, for as far as being equals go. If we're going to be equals, we should actually be equal. That's my thought. Uh, one said, you two need to pick a name you both agree on and stay clear of fantasy genre names. Yeah, because like honestly, I'm not going to name my kid xenomorph <laughs> you know what i mean like that's just a little too too much although i think the name soromir is really really cool i came up with that name it, well i didn't really come up with it i took boromir from lord of the rings and i put an s in front of it because my name's steve i thought it was uh i thought soromir sounded kind of sadder obviously soromir I, that was a character on Skyrim. <laughs> Hundreds of characters made, and that's one of my favorites. Uh, second one wrote, your wife needs to think about your child, not her favorite character. Your kid will 100% get bullied and could lose job opportunities because of being named something ridiculous. That's true. I mean, like, nobody wants to, like, report to Frodo in accounting. <laughs> Uh, and another added, Frodo would be cruel, even as a middle name. She does not get, no, a middle name, uh, you got leeway with a middle name. You got leeway there. <clears throat> she does not get 80% say you are a team and get 50-50. See, this person fucking gets it. This person gets it. I, I, I feel that, you know, but we still need to hear from the other person. We cannot just take the word of one man. We need to hear from all sides of the story. Here's another one. Bizarre worm tornado in New Jersey has scientists baffled. Heavy rains preceded the worm's appearance. Spring rains often bring scores of earthworms to the surface, where they writhe on top of soil and sidewalks. But recently, heavy rainfall in a town near New York City was followed by something a little more unusual. A worm-nado. A worm tornado. A resident of Hoboken, New Jersey, or Hoboken. I think it's, I think it's Hoboken, but at the same time, Hoboken just sounds like, sounds like the name of the guy down the street, you know what I mean? On March 25th, when she spotted hundreds of worms spread along the walkway, the woman who asked not to be identified told Live Science that after her initial surprise, she noticed something even more bizarre. A number of the worms had formed a cyclone shape creating a spiral where the edge of the grass met the concrete. The woman took photographs and sent them to Tiffany Fisher, a member of the Hoboken City Council, who shared the images of the tornado of worms on Facebook. Clearly, worms come out after it rains, rains but this is something I've never seen, Fisher wrote in the post. When the photographer... Wow, that is weird looking. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, when the photographer... 
photographer, <laughs> saw the worm tornado, they weren't actively spiraling. Although individual worms still wriggled in place, she told Live Science, there were no open pipes nearby. And though most of the worms were spread out in a big swirl, there were plenty of worms extending beyond the outer curve of the worm nado. They clung to the wall of a nearby building, dribbled down the curb and into the road, the woman said. God, that's horrifying. That reminds me of when I was living in uh, this town in northern BC. Every seven years, we would have torrents of caterpillars on the streets. And all you would hear as you drive is popping sounds underneath your tires. It was freaking gross. It was freaking gross then, and it's freaking gross now. I'm not a fan. I don't like caterpillars to this day. I think they're freaking horrifying. It's disgusting. It's scary. Well, not scary, but just weird and gross. While it's tempting to imagine that the worms were aligning themselves in a swirl in preparation for the worm moon, the super moon that illuminated the night sky just a few days later, on March 28th, it's unlikely that the spiral was a lunar ceremony. So what was the weird wormnado all about? Worms breathe through their skin. So when heavy or persistent rain saturates the soil with water, the worms must tunnel to the surface or risk drowning. Earthworms are typically solitary, but they sometimes form herds when they're on the surface. That's crazy. A herd of worms. God. Just, oh, God. That's gross, man. I wouldn't like seeing that. I wouldn't like seeing none of that. Although, like, as a fisherman, these were, this, this looks like free bait day to me. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, okay, so we got some, uh, we got some music news to go over. I, um, I have long been, uh, I started last year a, um, a website for rock and metal news and reviews because of COVID-19, um, just couldn't keep going, just couldn't keep doing it, had to move on to doing something different, and that's okay, you know, you don't have to stay doing the same stuff, but as an ode to my uh, rock and metal news website, I would like to spotlight a little bit of music news here and there, sound good to you? Okay, so Catholic group you know it's going to be good when it starts with that. Catholic group attempts to shut down metal radio station. This was uh, written by Graham Hartman. A small Catholic group is attempting to shut down legendary rock and metal radio station WSOU, the group who calls itself geniusly. Shut down WSOU has been staging public protests while claiming the station is promoting Satanism, witchcraft, genocide against Christians, and more, which... I mean, if, if you're going to be playing extreme metal, guaranteed there is going to be an element of any one of those things. Uh, in extreme metal, it's just, it's just fodder. It, uh, it, it's just creative fodder. It's stuff that happens in the world. It's horrible. But that's what metal has never been. Metal has always been a outsider's club. They don't talk about the nice stuff. Because the nice stuff in metal... I mean, like, we did that in the 80s. We talked about the nice stuff. You know, parties, beers, blowjobs. That's how it was. <clears throat> but that died. I mean, like, you couldn't keep talking about the good times forever, especially when the good times 
we're going away a little bit. I mean, there are still some good times. We're still able to have some good times, but not really. We're not able to get out there, be with friends, family, and stuff like that. Things are changed now. But anyways, let's continue. WSOU, broadcast out of New Jersey's Seton Hall University, has been a home to extreme music since the 80s. The student-run station is beloved by metalheads in the New York metro area, especially since the NYC market is dominated by hip-hop, pop, and Latin radio. Well, I mean, that's true of literally anywhere you go. Hip-hop, pop, and Latin radio dominate the music, the, the airwaves, because it's got a great beat. As long as you have a great beat, nobody gives a fuck about lyrics anymore, unfortunately, except for these nutjobs. Anyways... The university has a has bred a perniciously evil subculture at the station that is overtly hostile to Christ. One, the university, its board of trustees, and the board's chair, Cardinal Tobin, Archbishop of Newark, have been unwilling to remove. Shut down WSOU, right? By continuing to air this material in New York City and northern New Jersey, America's largest media market, Seton Hall, has made itself once again a disgrace to Christ's church and a threat to many young souls inside and outside their university environment. Well, fair enough. They're entitled to their opinion. But uh, shut down WSOU have singled out songs by Dimo Borgir, Mirker, Whitechapel, Windhand, Satan's Satyrs, Candlemass, Electric Wizard, and Opeth on their website, referring to Dimo Borgir as an openly satanic band. I mean, if we're talking about... Uh, to me, I mean, Dimo Borgir is kind of like pop black metal <laughs> Divis let the division be begin let me know what you think message me on twitter let me know what you think about Dimu Borgir I love Dimu Borgir I listen to them all the time not gonna lie the radio station responded WSOU's advisory board comprised of WSOU students and alumni along with Seton Hall University clergy and administrators Meets regularly to review the station's content and operating policies and standards. See, I don't think that's right. It's a metal station. You should let the metal be metal. If you start taking things out, it's not really, uh, it's not really freedom of expression. It's not freedom of art, artistic expression. So, that's my opinion on that. We got um, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. Watch Gwar's Wild West video for acoustic Fuck This Place from Alien Band's upcoming unplugged EP, The Disc with No Name. Uh, this, I listened to the song right before I started recording, and it is hilarious. I Oh, God. I love Gwar. They started in uh, 1984. Um, horror and science fiction-themed metal and rock. <laughs> A little bit kind of a punk mentality in there, which I really like. I really like war. Uh, they're, they're equal parts ridiculousness, equal parts fun. Next month, the Almighty Gwar are releasing an EP of unplugged material that reimagines four staples from throughout their time on planet Earth. We first heard... Oh, but this is by uh, from RevolverMag.com, by the way. Next month, the Almighty Gwar are releasing an EP of unplugged material that reimagines four staples from throughout their time on planet Earth. We first heard their acoustic rendition of 2017's Fuck This Place back in March, and now the alien miscreants have released an accompanying video that gives it an inimitable Gwar touch. Now, if you don't know who Gwar is, 
it's uh, helpful to highlight that they, you know, they uh, they dress up in big outlandish costumes, you know, like, and they talk about how they're from space. They're fucking literally aliens is, is their, uh, the image that they've cultivated, their gimmick, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Gore, blood, you know, craziness, lots of just uh, debauchery at their shows. Oh, God, it's so good. Anyways, um, spliced with footage from an old Western flick. The video features vocalist Blothar the Berserker singing about his hatred of the human race in ballad form. While guitarist Pustulus Maximus dutifully strums an acoustic in front of a desert sunset. Other members of the Gore gang pop up on screen to pluck an acoustic or sip some liquor in their typical gruesome garb, maintaining their signature intensity despite the lack of distortion. Check it out above via YouTube, which uh, there will be links. Promise, there will be links to all of these uh, stories. I forgot to pay my electric... This is quote. I forgot to pay my electric bill, so we were forced to rehearse acoustically, and this is the result. Maximus explained in a statement, the gore, the bad, and the ugly. Blothar added, this isn't what I thought they meant by unplugged. I haven't been able to muster a turd for years. Oh, boy. Well... There you go. That's, um, oh my God. Like, if you get a chance, man, like fall down the gore rabbit hole. It is, it is too funny. But, uh, so that's, uh, that's all the time that we got for today. This has been Steve will say anything. Um, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs>